The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. Are going higher, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, Marie. I like that growl in your voice. Southern California. I know, I love it. I Marie's love Marie's joining here. us again today? Yeah. This yeah. is becoming a regular thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Watch I out, like Marie. It. You might yeah. become a radio professional if you keep doing this. <laughs> it just sneak it's right up exciting. on you. I know, right? I'm communicating with courage. She's not. She's. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at that. It's just the way you said it. That was excellent. Well, that's, that's the title of the book that we're talking about today. Well, see, she's jumping the gun. All right. <laughs> But that's okay. It's a great segue, and uh, and I'm happy to have us all here together on the air. It's such a great team that we have put together here on One Life Radio and bringing it to you live. There's no better way to communicate than live and in person, even though you can't see us. You can hear us, and that audio, you know, that 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 just resonates through the airwaves. Is uh, it's like nothing else, right? I am yes. in person. <laughs> You are what? In a person. We're all in a person. We're all in a person, yeah. But uh, it's great to be here. It is, and we have a fantastic show today. The whole hour, we have Michelle D. Gladio with us. She is the president uh, president of Gladio Consulting, a team helping organizations of all types and sizes using training and coaching to improve their workplaces. She has taught organizational behavior and leadership courses at the undergraduate and the graduate levels at three universities and works as an executive coach, instructional designer, I love that term, uh, trainer and keynote speaker. She loves what she does and the people she serves and it shows. And we've got her on the air with us today, the full hour. Michelle, how are you? Are you there? I am here. I am so excited <laughs> to talk about how important communication is. Are you kidding me? We're yeah, going to no, need this whole hour. Strap I know, in. Well, this could be a roller coaster. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> That's all I'm well, saying. You know, wh- why do you say that, Jerry? Because it quite often is a roller coaster. Sometimes I look around, you know, and you like look outside of the train car and you're like, how did we get here? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, so. I think he's picking up on some similar personality traits between you and I, Bernadette, maybe. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. And but that's how I live my life. You know, I think that is one of the best ways to live life is to always be engaged and ready to make a quick change or stop if you need to. Does that make sense? Amen. I don't I yeah, understand what sense. y'all are saying. <laughs> we lost Marie uh, at the Marie, last uh, train stop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, communication, and that was one of the questions that I actually wrote to you, is the key to my father. I grew up with a dad who constantly said communication is the key to success. Um, whether it be in your marriage or your business, communicating with people is one of the, one of the most important tools that you could have in your toolbox. He said that all the time. So, Michelle, what do you say to what my dad said? Dad was right, and the beautiful thing about working on ourselves as communicators is we can do it in our writing, we can do it in our speaking, we can do it with better listening, we can do this in personal or professional life, and there's no age limit. You can start Mm -hmm. with your kids and grandkids, you know, even before they begin to speak, teaching them about the importance of communication, and I'm pretty convinced that I'll be, if I get to live to be 
uh, little old lady, I know that in my last breath, I'm probably going to be reviewing what I just said to the nurse and thinking, I, oops, I probably sounded a little sharper than I should have. I need to work on that. You know, at <laughs> some point, you, you just have to allow yourself to think that you've probably mastered it well enough that you don't need to do that anymore. That's, yeah. I don't think that's in my nature. That's mm-hmm. not in my nature. But I do celebrate wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a team of 10, and we try to celebrate when a presentation goes well or even if we're in conflict with one another and we mm-hmm. talk it through and we feel like we're on the same page again. So, of course, your dad had some great mentorship, some good advice there. And communication can make up for a lot of other things we don't have. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, I've been looking at your bio, Bernadette, so impressive. And, <laughs> and you, you had to start from somewhere, you know. So I think you probably negotiated, learned, negotiated, looked for opportunities, held an optimistic mindset. I mean, I'd love to hear about I'd love to hear a little bit about some of your your advice for business people or communicators, too, on this call. Mm. We've got I more would, than one subject matter expert here. I, I would just say be real and be honest. Be I mean, real. It, be real. Be honest. That's what I try to do on the air every day. But I, like you, am kind of a perfectionist. So, I mean, anyone that works with me will tell you. And I've gotten better at it. I've, I've improved. But I'm one of those people I get off the air and I, you know, sometimes I don't care, you know. But other days when I'm feeling a little insecure, not as confident, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick out every little mistake I made and beat myself up with it. Uh-huh. I can verify. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and then I get over it. I get past it. I think that I think that a lot of people do that. But my gosh, you know, I learned to communicate watching my dad growing up in our grocery store, and he loved people, and and he was a giver too. And my mother, they both were. But I I spent a lot of time with my dad in that grocery store and pizzeria growing up, and I watched him. You my know? my dad is the reason why I've never met a stranger too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so Where I, I think- learned all of my interaction skills. You know, the mm-hmm. the the uh, cold intro. The, you know, <laughs> yeah. keeping up with your friends, yeah. Uh, yeah. understanding your audience, know your audience, very important. Yeah. I don't know my audience. I don't know because your audience can change at any moment, right? That's why I think just being real because anybody could. What do you think, Marie? You're over there shaking your head. Well, I just feel like the corporate world is just so different. It's almost oh, its yeah. own language. And they mm-hmm. all use words, like big words, just to throw them in there. Oh, and yes. I swear synergy. I don't understand what they're saying half the time. Mm-hmm. If I hear another corporate type say synergy, I'm going to over-tighten their tie. Uh, <laughs> okay. We will Michelle? not be proactive about saying synergy and take any action items. I do want people to take action items from this. I do want them to take action items. I want people to go out and do something different today as a communicator because they heard this interview than Mm -hmm. they would normally do. And then they're stretching, they're sticking their neck out, and they're experimenting. As you said, Bernadette, authenticity is key. Some of us need to really think on who we are. We get a lot of messages, Mm -hmm. right, from Mm -hmm. society. I think particularly women do get a lot of messages about what we should be from society. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a good idea to kind of consider our values. Yeah, um, I just I'm just back from a training event at a company called Tejin Automotive in Indiana, where I live, and this was pretty cool. We did three hours of training, team training about leadership and supervisory communication, and one of the exercises we did involved a very quick, like four or five question um, exercise, and anybody could do it. Anybody listening could probably do it on the fly or take a quick note, but you simply list your name. Hello, my name is Michelle. And what do you most enjoy doing if you're thinking about your workplace or your volunteer life? Mm -hmm. And for whom? Who do you serve? What do they want or need that you have a gift that you can give? And then how might they change or transform as a result? Hmm. 
There you go. There's your authentic voice. There's a purpose. And you can have more than one purpose in life, right? But as we think through this, that helps guide our communication then. And then we begin to know who we want to engage with, how deeply, you know, and whether Mm -hmm. we want to be in that deal, in that relationship, giving that presentation, listening to that person in that friendship or not when you start to get real about who you are. So I love that you said that. Oh, by the way, I also read in your bio. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Did you speaking? You, I remind. I'm reminded when you bring up the grocery store. I believe in your bio. I saw that you. I don't know if the word was steal, take, use cans of tuna, and then you would give them to oh, cats, yeah. or you would. <laughs> so you, we're both animal lovers. Were you stealing from your dog from your dad's store? Yeah, I'd say, Dad, look over there. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, There's he left me in he left me in charge a lot, but yeah, I am a huge animal lover and we do have a lot of similarities and I guess that's why your book resonates with me so much. And for everyone out there listening, who's just now joining us, we're speaking with Michelle Gladio and her book, uh, communication or excuse me, communicate with courage, taking risks to overcome the four hidden challenges. I absolutely love this book. I really have been looking forward to this interview. I really have because some of the things that we're going to touch on are so important, but yes, I did. That's and see, you know, you know, you're audience you did your homework I can't even tell you how many people I jump on the air with that have no idea of of uh, you know of of my or oh. anybody on the show's history and I do think that's important oh boy to do your well, homework it's before just a you lesser quality it's a lesser quality interaction then right yeah yeah I know it is because you know um I don't know preparation is key in communication right it absolutely is, especially for those of us that want to stand up and speak at church or uh, give a mm-hmm. wedding toast or mm-hmm. or teach something. We want to figure out what commonalities we have with our audience. Yeah. We're trying to sell something. Then you definitely mm-hmm. want to know what you have in common, what they already know, why they would care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, taking the temperature of the room, you know, in air quotes here, in the yeah. room, Zoom room, mm-hmm. Microsoft Teams, a phone call, important. And something our audience could do starting today would be get some more feedback. So after mm-hmm. you do speak uh, or you do have an opportunity to be the communicator that's in the spotlight, mm-hmm. hey, how do you think that went? I would hope, you know, that you and Jerry and Marie regularly say, how did that went? How did that go? Would you like me to talk more, to talk less? That sort of thing. And yeah. getting feedback requires courage. So there's, a, there's quite a few tips in the book about how to do that. Yeah. And you can do it formally or you can do it informally. But you got to be brave and still love yourself no matter what you, you hear. And some of that feedback you might want to reject. Yeah. And you Example, probably, you go ahead. Yeah, when I do um, harassment prevention, bias prevention training, most recently with a couple hundred police officers here in Indiana, oh, wow. um, I ask, always ask the audience in a, in, a, in a form, one-page form at the end, take five minutes, please fill this out, what could make this training better? And I had a few people write in, um, I'd like to do some role-playing. Let's do some role-playing. And this happens not just with governments or police departments, but in academia and foreign, for-profit, non-profit, all types of organizations. Mm-hmm. Folks will say, I, li- I like role-playing. Now, I understand that the trainees like role-playing because it can be fun when you see your friend up in front of the class, <laughs> right, <laughs> up in front of the group, and yeah. they're being handed, like, now you're in this situation and this other person is this situation. Go. But I don't intend to ever use that method of instructional delivery with harassment in the workplace training, anti-harassment training, because what Mm -hmm. am I asking someone to do then? I'm asking them to role play discriminatory illegal action, which some might find funny or laughable, but I think it could really go the wrong way. So Mm -hmm. we stick to I'll just be the speaker this time. So I care about what 
folks say when they give me feedback, and I take it with a grain of salt. And I would recommend that to the audience, too. It's tough. I mean, self-esteem is so impacted by what people think of us. Oh, God. Words have power. They have tremendous power. And that's why communicate uh, to communicate with courage is such an important uh, book that you've written. And I have to tell you, like, I really, really, for everyone out there listening, I really love this book. It's going to be a book that I give to people, uh, actually, that I want to communicate better with. I think we could all, uh, uh, you know, just sharpen our skills, right? Sharpen our tools. But I'm looking at the clock, and I need to go to break. Doggone it. I was about to communicate (laughs) that with courage myself. I know. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, we'll be right back. Everybody stay tuned. More coming up with Michelle Gladio. Uh, she is the author of the book, Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Parakeet. <laughs> hey, everyone. I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotics. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the Advanced Care, her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Marie and Michelle uh, Gladio. She is with us. She is the president of Gladio uh, Consulting, a team helping organizations of all types and sizes use training and coaching to improve their workplaces. She has taught organizational behavior and leadership courses at the undergraduate and graduate levels at three universities and works as an executive coach, instructional designer, trainer, and keynote speaker. She loves what she does and the people she serves and it shows i encourage you uh, to get a copy of her book communicate with courage taking risks risks to overcome the four hidden challenges and we're just getting started here you know i know we're never going to have enough time so i'm just going to say right now i hope you'll come back uh to discuss this because communication really is so key to success like we talked about in the first segment it really is and so this is a subject that can help so many people and i know you know that that's what you do for a living you know while we were at break i was uh, i was thinking this and i wanted to ask this question if you could have a dream speech or a dream TED talk, um, what uh, would what would the message be <laughs> to the world? What would your message be to the world? Oh my gosh, you don't ask easy questions. You ask great <laughs> questions, though. I'll give you some time to think about it, though, and you can answer no, it I later got, on in the break. I got a couple, I got a couple <laughs> ideas. Uh, I, I think I might go for um, I, I might go for power. I love to teach people about power. Oh. types of power and how to use it ethically and how people sometimes use it unethically. So 
like a great way to use your communication to build your power, show sincere gratitude, grow your network of people, stay informed, never stop learning, make a quick showing. If you have a favor given to you, return the favor. Be the first or be early to accept reasonable change in your family or workplace, ethical ways. And then there are unethical ways we could steer, still steer clear of oh, joking, sarcasm, you know, often used to damage more than repair communication. Mm-hmm. Um, when we play territory games as communicators, you know, wasted time, lower morale, higher mm-hmm. turnover. So I like mm-hmm. power, but I, I think then it would really come down to I'd probably choose praise, Bernadette, because the world needs it. Um, everybody appreciates it, some more than others, but we all need to be recognized for our contributions. And I think that uh, the world is lacking in it, and I think we are lacking in our ability to give it. Mm -hmm. Here's a quick quick four-step method. Yeah, I agree. Name, Bernadette, tell them what you appreciate. I really admire your energy and your enthusiasm for helping to educate people who listen. And then why it's unique or why it is appreciated. You change lives daily. And then thank you in your own way. So you rock. Keep it up. Simple (laughs) four-step process. Name. What, you know, and that's off the top of my head, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking at notes and reading that. I'm just thinking, what do I appreciate about this person I'm getting to know? I used her name. I stated what I appreciate and why. Mm -hmm. And then I Mm -hmm. said, thank you in my own way. We could do this in text. We could do this by email. Yeah, that's so More powerful. I, you're, you're, you, are, you obviously are very talented and gifted. You are. Um, that's obvious in just your uh, your ability to articulate your thoughts and be so spontaneous. And you, I read in your book that your mom was one of the you 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 took yeah. a that's who really basically you you took you're the apple that didn't take that big of a bounce. You're a lot like your mom, <laughs> right? I stole her <laughs> pro moves. Yes. Well, she was always in my ear. Mm-hmm. You know, she would pick me up outside school sometimes and there'd be a kid crying and I would be in first grade and we wouldn't move that car until we talked about, do we know this student? Are you Aww. friends with this student? Um, what do you think this student might be feeling? Do you think we should, maybe should you get out of the car or should I or neither? How might this person, this young person feel if we did that? Mm-hmm. Maybe the plan is you check on them tomorrow. And believe me, this got old. <laughs> she was that. Uh, <laughs> She was uh, on the planet to try to connect to people and was a strong and loving communicator. But sometimes I just wanted to, like, go to the grocery store with her and not meet three new people. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Be on the plane. Be on the plane and go somewhere without her getting someone's complete life story and then finding a way to help them. Mm -hmm. However, our role models, those people that we choose as role models, we start to model ourselves after, right? Mm -hmm. And they don't have to be related. Mm -hmm. In the book, I talk about how some of us that don't have strong role models growing up, I was lucky to. Yeah. Pure luck. Yeah. Um, but those of us who don't, we can find them today around us at any age. We can look to see who do we admire, and then we can benchmark or steal some of their pro, pro moves. We can even tell them, I'm going to try this because you inspire me to try this. I admire this about you, and then get on with it because life is so freaking short. It is. It's so short. Make, we and- can make a splash. 
Yeah, and the older the older you get, the more you realize that, and you start going, oh, "How many years do I have left on average? You know, <laughs> what can I do with all those years?" But uh, but yeah, and I think what you said was so spot on. The world could use a lot more empathy, and it's it's something that's I think um, I don't know. I won't say evaporating, but it, it but it, there's less and less of it in our world, and I I don't quite know why. But it, we need to bring it back through conversations like this. Is just just to make people aware. You know, don't judge me, and I won't judge you, and and be kind, and all these things that you know. And, and not meet a stranger, you know, say hello to people. And if they, if they don't, uh, you know, say hello back, then, you know, so be it. Don't take it personal, right? I've been working on that. Here's a tiny way. I take a walk at night to try to unwind. Because yeah. like you, I'm a, let's call each other high energy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dedicated to our work. And I, I've just started waving at any car that drives by. And most people <laughs> wave back. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't. I don't know how to describe it. Usually I'm about what's in my ears. I'm listening to your podcast, other podcasts, or other radio shows. Uh-huh. I'm listening and trying to learn. But you know what? That person might really need that. And most of them lift their hand off the steering wheel and give me a little wave. Uh-huh. I, don't I know. love that. It's simple as that. Simple I'm going to start that. doing that. Body. I'm going to start waving to everybody. <laughs> I don't even have to talk. Yeah. It's funny. When I walk my dog, it's like I make a point to say hi, and you wouldn't believe how many people walk right by you and don't say, don't say hi. hi. Or look yeah. at They're not ready in. for it. Yeah. Don't give Great up point. Read. Yeah, you do have to and be ready, ready for it. it. Yep. I you nod have. and acknowledge just about every human being I walk past, and sometimes I kind of start feeling silly when <laughs> I'm the only one who's doing it. It's not being reciprocated, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that well, can be a that's why. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Bernadette. No, no, no. You go ahead. Um. Jerry, that's great. That's a full body, full mind, full heart effort right there. Even though you risk, what's the risk? Rejection. You keep putting yourself out there, and you never know how many lives you change because that person receives that communication, warm communication mm-hmm. from you, and then goes home and, you know, treats their animals and their people a little bit better. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I we, believe it's that. tough. It's I tough. do. We, if, you, if you keep score with communication, you don't win. Yeah. Um, I think the idea is to give more than you get, and then what what starts to happen is small gifts start to appear because you are stretching as a communicator. Yeah. And I see that every day. I think that's what's addictive about this work. Yeah, and your book is so good, it is. And, you know, I have it, you know, uh, you, you actually quote Thich Nhat Hanh in your book, uh, Communicate with Courage. And, I, and it's so funny, I didn't even realize this until I came up to the studio this morning, and I had a stack, I had this one stack of books where I keep my Wonder Woman little thing here that Ooh. I have. <laughs> <laughs> here, 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 I'll oh, press the that? button. All right, listen. Okay. <laughs> it's this thing Love that you, you push the button and Wonder Woman says all these things. But anyway, at the very top of that pile of books was The Art of Communicating by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and, oh, so, and I'm sure one. you have it, you know. Uh, yeah. It's so, it's so funny. But, you know, you said that great communication is a full body, full mind, and full heart effort. Can you explain a little bit further what you mean by that? Sure. Um, here's what I'm aiming for. Somebody comes into my office and they want to talk to me. I try to turn to face them, even though I'm tempted to keep typing. That's using my body, my full body, mm-hmm. full mind. I might, um, instead of listening to them and looking back at my screen and sort of listening to them and looking back at my screen, which definitely tells them they have half or less, maybe than half of my attention, I can allow them to have my full mental effort. Or I could say, hey, Marie, you know what? I've got, I'm on deadline. I got to get, or I've got to get ready for this interview. Can I come see you before five o'clock? Can I come catch you? So I want to listen to you completely. And Marie's mm-hmm. likely to say, yeah, oh, that's fine. And appreciate 
that I want to be with her full mind, full heart effort. Oh, man, for me, late. here's an example. Okay. Uh, through my 20s and 30s, I didn't apologize for much. I grew up in a competitive family, and mm-hmm. I don't know. About my, it's probably personality-based, but I always viewed saying I'm sorry or I'm wrong as a big L, a big loss. Mm-hmm. You're the loser if you apologize. Now I get it. Now I'm getting older and I get it. And I see that it's the strong people who apologize and own up full-heartedly to their mistakes and try to be better humans. So that's a full-heart effort. So if I'm giving a presentation, I want to be there. I want my body engaged. I want my body language to show that I care about the topic. I want my mind engaged, be well-prepared. And I want my heart in it or I don't give the presentation. And sometimes that means maybe I'm presenting customer service strategies for the 200th time in a year on the plane or on the car on the way to the gig mm-hmm. I make damn well sure that I recognize what a privilege and a gift this is and that we could really improve someone's outlook or career or service or income and then I get a hundred percent behind it or I don't do the presentation so once I mm. accept I know I'm in it full heart or I try to find someone else to do it yeah. Well, you know what? I apologize for that background music. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but uh, we're going to go to break. <laughs> and it's we'll Wonder Woman. I, right. Yeah. <laughs> we've got a Wonder Woman talking. We've got a Wonder Woman hosting got, the show. Uh, uh, there you go. Well, I don't know about that. but <laughs> And a Wonder Woman to your right and, or left with Marie there, yeah. too. Yeah. You always got to be humble, right? At least a little bit. That's what, how I was raised. Always be humble. Humility is a big piece of this puzzle of communicating, too. I think in order to to sometimes really understand what someone's trying to say, you have to be you have to you have to listen with a humble heart. Would you agree with that? That's beautiful. A good friend of mine said, um, I'll get your book to support you. I'll buy a copy. But, you know, I'm really not that interested. I'm retired. (laughs) Nope. Wrong answer. You don't get to retire from communication. Thank you for buying the book, but please look into it. There's even a chapter towards the back. I think it is chapter nine, the most important conversations to have. And in there is a quote, living your purpose and living up to your potential means taking an honest look at how you speak and write and to whom. And then we go through some not to be missed conversations and ways to build our emotional intelligence. We have a pretty short lifespan, you know, as, as the creatures that we are, we're not, we're not ever going to master it. We're going to get very good at it. We hope. But when I title a seminar, mastering interpersonal communication, I mean, that's kind of BS because nobody masters interpersonal communication in a two hour Mm -hmm. seminar. Do no, they? But no. Hey, but Bernadette, it attracts executives. Yeah, and not even <laughs> in their whole life. I could think of a lot of executives could could be fully immersed for a couple of years, and I'm not sure they'd get it because you can't buy <laughs> emotional intelligence. You know, you can have a high IQ, um, but you if you don't have the it. EQ to go with it, you have to almost suffer in order to have emotional. That's what I think. You have to suffer um, to have wow. uh, emotional intelligence. You have to go through some tough stuff in life, and until you do, you just oh. don't get it. I actually had someone say to me, and I hope they're not. Li- well, actually, I do hope they're listening because I haven't broached the subject with them in person. I just kind of I got insulted on Saturday afternoon somebody said to me yeah I've heard that a thousand times when I uh, was mm. sharing something with them and it was something Ooh. that I, I got triggered by and I and I and I left the appointment feeling like wow wow what do I need to learn from this you know do I need to not share something a thousand times when but when you when you think you're with someone who's your friend and you've got an open heart and you're real like me you know uh, I, I, I 
I wear my heart on my sleeve. And maybe that's, and I'm thinking, maybe I need to learn that lesson to not wear my heart on my sleeve. Or is it that person who maybe needs to understand a little more empathy and, uh, you know, be a nicer well, person. One question was the <laughs> was the friend on Saturday saying that they've heard it from other people a thousand times. No, or heard it from you a thousand. From times? me. Or heard it from, from me. you. From me. So if you've said yeah. that once, you've said it a thousand times. Right. I think there's an opportunity here for you to go to them with a preamble, uh, as I call them, but a, a kind of an intention setting. Like, let's say this person's name is Jill. Like, mm-hmm. hey Jill, I've been. I interviewed someone about communication, and it really got me thinking about our just a brief thing that happened on Saturday. I want to bring it up to you because. Number one, I don't ever want to speak about you and not tell you that I spoke about you. Mm-hmm. I didn't use your name, but this did come up. And because I just don't want any static in our friendship. Yeah, can exactly. I you, can I tell you about what you said? And I'm sure you, here's a statement of intention. I'm their intention. I'm sure you did not intend to offend, but I just wanted to run it by you. Yeah. And Noah. it probably won't happen again, but that way you preserve their uh, ego, right, as well, yeah. because you're yeah. sure they did not mean to offend. Mm-hmm. They're too good of a person for that. We yeah, all worry well, about that. Am I a bad person? Yeah. No. No. You're just a yeah. person who messed up or you hurt my feelings and maybe I was oversensitive mm-hmm. or maybe you were a little overly blunt. Yeah. Or maybe I need to shut I up vote, and not I say it a thousand it and there. one times. <laughs> I vote you get it out there. I vote you tell that person that that was accidentally a little insulting to you and that you know they meant well, but you wanted to be fair and I'm going to do it. How you felt. I'm going to do it. it. <laughs> I'm do. do it and we're gonna go do to it. break but I love this conversation okay. see I told you I haven't even gotten to like any of the questions hardly at all okay that's that's why we you have to come back challenges for sure. okay. okay okay I'd love to all right all right Bye. stay tuned everyone more coming <laughs> no more coming up with Michelle Gladio uh, she is the president of Gladio con- uh, consulting consulting and you can her website if is f fsbassociates.com that's fsbassociates.com but she's coming back stay tuned you are listening to one life radio follow us on social media at one life radio crazy waters benefits have a history that runs deep the legend is that in 1881 a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long people began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore had the well gotten rid of her crazies the well became known as the Crazy Well, and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Michelle Gladio. She is the author of Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges, and so, you know, uh, communicating with uh, or communicate with courage, such a great book, Michelle. What what motivated you to write this book, this new book? Uh, you know, I had uh, a feeling that I needed to get something out of me, and that that feeling persisted for maybe a decade or so. But I didn't feel like I had yet enough experience, so I wanted to wait until I had coached a couple thousand people at least mm-hmm. and got to know them pretty deeply. Because I was looking for, I might not even known what I was looking for. I was looking for something that would be universally applicable. 
what what holds most of us back? What what commonalities? What obstacles are there that we need to see? And then, in the last five years that I've been working on the book, short book, everybody, it's a short paperback book, or it's on Audible or ebook. But I wanted to also make it short and pithy, dense and helpful. So I needed to get the coaching experience, to be honest. Yeah. And that's where I figured out, I think I see some patterns here. We're hiding, we're defining, we're rationalizing, and we're settling. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Okay, so um, okay. We're, we're hiding. Okay, so the fear of exposing your supposed, your supposed weaknesses. Is that, mm-hmm. is, most of us do that, right? We all do it. Heck yeah. It's, well, I think we learned it, like, evolutionarily, to, so we didn't get picked off from the herd didn't want to appear incapable, incapable or unable, and it's not helping us so much anymore in the 2000s. Um, mm-hmm. And we are afraid to expose what our weaknesses are. For example, for many years I taught a public speaking class, the public speaking class that all college students had to take to graduate from Purdue University. And I would, it's like a 100-level class, COM 114 wow. it was called. And I'd run into like these people that were highly skilled, about to get their degree in accounting or engineering or psychology, and they'd be seniors. And I'm thinking, this is interesting. I don't meet many seniors in this class. Those were the folks that were really hiding from this class, but they mm. could not get the diploma without taking the class. And as I assigned, I don't know, 12 or 13 short speeches per semester, I would talk with them one-on-one office hours and whatnot, and say, okay, so talk to me about the fear. Well, my hands always shake. Mm. Um, my face gets red. I said, yes, I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed both of those things in your first speech. But we still need to go on to the second speech. Well, everyone can see it. And I said, and it will back off. It, it will back away from you. Fear backs down when you proceed in the face of fear to communicate mm. the hard thing or do the hard thing as a communicator. You overcome hiding by getting in the game as a communicator, please continue and know that we're on your side. Another thing I like to remind folks is most people that you're communicating with will be on your side. So if you do get the bravery to stand up and do a toast at your friend's wedding and you think, oh, you know, holy God, now there's 300 people looking at me. Why did I ever clink my fork on this glass? Proceed because everybody in that room, and there might be a few haters, Okay, oh, yeah. let the haters hate. They're right. not the ones on the dance floor shaking their booty, are they? Right. They're in their seats. <laughs> They're in the seats complaining maybe about what you're doing, but you're the one actually in the game. Proceed. But just remember, most people really are rooting for you, and that can help you overcome hiding, as can getting clear on your values mm-hmm. and decide to engage. For example, if I see, I try to tell myself, and I hope I can live to this, if I see ageism, sexism, racism, et cetera, when I see someone being treated unfairly, I don't have to drive away from that meeting, think on it over the weekend, and then address it on Monday. I know that I'm going to try to diplomatically and assertively say something about it. Like, hey, maybe you didn't mean it to sound this way, but it sounds like you think that that person who just had a baby won't want a chance at that very important project, but Mm -hmm. she might. So before we rule her out, can we please discuss it with her? Okay, okay, yeah, we can do that. You know, I try to get in the game quicker when it's a value of mine. And I think Mm. the rest of us can maybe align with that. Oh, yeah. No, you you touched on so many things. Oh, ageism is one of my um, pet peeves, especially as as I get older. It's the first thing people want to know, like, how old are you? How old is she? How old, you know, my daughter told me the other day, people are always asking me, how old are you, Mom? I said, you lie, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> joking with her, you know. But but I don't know, understand why people want to put people in a box, you know, and 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 define shortcut. them. It's a shortcut. Yeah, it's a shortcut. Putting, but people do. They put too much stock in assumptions, like you said, and, and under the, you know, the the four, uh, the four. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The four obstacles. The what? Yeah. The hidden challenges. Yeah. yeah the, yes, the hidden challenges. And But we want to define people. We want to put them in a box. We're always too quick to judge. Not all of us, but and not maybe not all the time. But why do human beings do that? Um, hmm, because we're so damn sure we're right or we're afraid to be wrong or we trust our eyes. You know, I think anybody who has the gift of sight also has quite a few biases. Uh-huh. based on what they see in the person in front of them, when interestingly, that's just the book cover. Like, that's not the important part of the book. The important part of the book on the inside of the person, their heart, their mind, their values, their ideas, their struggles. So it's pretty human, pretty normal to be mm-hmm. defining to be right. And what we can do to overcome it is test our assumptions rather mm-hmm. than relying on them. And yeah. I hear this a lot. Um, you know, I'm not going to try it. No, they don't want to hear. They wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter. Nothing will change. Mm. Well, you're making you're making sure of that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> by not by not bringing it up or giving your idea or saying I agree or I disagree or asking someone if they would help you or asking for an interview or asking for a raise. It goes on and on. If you don't try, you're bound to lose. So we put stock into our assumptions and you know, I think sometimes that leads into the third hidden challenge I write about, which is rationalizing the negative. Mm-hmm. And that's adopting a pessimistic mindset kind of as your way of going through life. So you shield yourself from taking important chances and some important risks that could really improve your life or others. Mm-hmm. I love rationalizing risk. the negative. <laughs> I love not risk. a fan of pessimism. I think it takes a strong person to be optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. No, and, and, and it becomes a habit, right? And, 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 and those kind of habits are not going to, uh, you know, uh, create success in your life because you have to communicate with courage, like you say, and taking risks to overcome the four hidden challenges. And so, you know, you, you talked about pro moves. You share dozens of communication pro moves in your book, uh, Communicate with Courage. So how does a communication strategy earn that des- designation or choice, in your opinion, Ooh. Michelle? Sure, sure. They are sprinkled throughout the book. It's a communication. Well, first of all, it's the name of my fantasy football team that never wins because I suck at putting together fantasy football teams. But I've always (laughs) called it pro moves. And I thought, you know what, a pro move, it would also be a pro move to put some pro moves in this book. So it's a communication strategy that other people see as involving too much trouble or maybe too much skill to undertake. So they walk on by and they miss a chance to get closer to their potential. Mm. And if you want to try to make some pro moves, you will need a desire to improve your life, uh, your surroundings, or you might want to help somebody else's life improve. And then you're going to do something a little different. So you might know that your preference as a communicator is to do or say X, but you read the situation to call for Y. So you're going to zig when you used to zag. So you might decide to stand out, or you might stand up for something, or you might chill out and stand down and just listen. But it's not the easy choice. When it's not the easy choice and it is strategic in communication, that's what I call a pro move. Mm. You make me think of my dad again. He used to say, oh, what did he Uh used to say all the time? Um, uh, If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah I like that. this dad. This yeah. dad has some good. My dad, when I started, I started teaching college pretty young. I was 23, just had my master's degree, and I thought, heck with it. You know, the the advertisements for adjunct professors say master's degree required, and my the ink isn't dry on my diploma yet. But I think I want to teach. And they gave me a shot, you know, and that led to other universities giving me a shot. But I remember talking to my dad uh, on the way out the door to go teach my first class. And I was like, you know, what does the 23-year-old, you know, what does a young woman say on her Mm -hmm. way to face a bunch of business executives in like a 400-level business class? (laughs) I said, I'm afraid they're not going to like me. And he said, Michelle, they don't have to like you. Just make damn well sure they learn from you. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I can align with have them learn from me. And then you know what? We ended up liking each other anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, respect and love. Every time I switched to college, I would cry because I was there. I remember telling a friend, the students aren't going to be as awesome at this other college. They were as awesome. They were as awesome. Humans that want to learn are good everywhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. Another thing my dad used to say, better to be respected or better to be respected than than liked. Right. And love and like same thing, you know. So, yeah, I'm looking at the clock and we have to go to a break. I hate it. But more coming up, everyone, with Michelle uh, Gladio. She is the author of Communicate with Courage. It's a fantastic book. She'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry and Marie and Michelle Gladio. She is the author of Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Okay, so during the uh, during the break, uh, someone emailed us and they uh, wanted to uh, get some examples of pro moves from your book, Communicate with Courage. What's your favorite? What's your favorite one? <laughs> or a couple oh, of them. My favorite one. Um, I think one of my favorite one, ones is probably looking around us for role models and then complimenting them on what we see. Another favorite pro move, I'm going to just grab the book and kind of randomly, okay, here we go. Here's chapter six pro move, and I love the study of conflict. That was my master's thesis at Purdue. I don't oh, know. Wow. You know, I don't mm. shy away from it, and I'm overly competitive, so I like to study it. But here's the pro move. <laughs> Why hold on to issues you've never taken the risk to air out? Find mm. the courage to request a conversation, Bernadette, with your friend whose pretend name is Jill. Rather than <laughs> choosing to run from a disagreement, and also don't jump into them with your boxing gloves on. Just right. consider 
you have all of us have five options. We're like poker players, just like you have five cards in your hand. You can choose to compete or avoid or accommodate someone or compromise or try for collaboration. That's it for humans. Five mm-hmm. options. Choose yeah. the method that fits the situation rather than your go-to style. So I have learned to accommodate and compromise and collaborate more and be a little less competitive. Personality assessment totally helped me with that because I could see just which one I was leaning on too much. So the pro move is think of a recent conflict you experienced and then try to name the conflict style you maybe used and what would another have served you better? Mm -hmm. If so, which one? Because Mm -hmm. life is constantly revising. We're always going to be here to revise. And conflict is some of the hardest types the hardest type of communication, I think, mm-hmm. is to disagree. Yeah. Uh, well, I just went silent, but that's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you go silent. You're protecting. Well, you could be protecting them. You're protecting yourself. You're protecting the relationship. Just try stating the intention. I have, a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something feels like it's up or off with us. Am, am I off mm-hmm. base or is there something up? Well, yeah. Or I don't know you about know you. If there is, bring it up. Yeah, typically I always look at myself first and take the blame first and say, what did I do wrong to, you know, for someone to do that, right? And then I just, I examine things before I open my mouth, typically. Uh, And if if I am responsible, I'll be the first one to apologize. Because you can't, unless you you apologize and you're humble and and truly want to grow as a communicator and as an individual, I think that you you must examine uh, your fault in, in any conflict that you have first. Would you agree? Well, I think that that's extremely difficult for most of us. And Mm -hmm. I think your dad probably saw your big heart. And that's why he was always reminding you that get out there and shake things up. And you don't, it's just like my dad was. They wanted their daughters taken seriously. Maybe they had an inkling that we were going to be heading off into the world of business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, that's really hard to pull off. But it is admirable that you are willing to apologize, and it builds all kinds of trust for future relationship with that person. Good for you. Yeah. Also, we have to say there's a lot of people out there who are just, they can't wait to apologize for things that aren't their fault. And I would like for them to maybe stop apologizing as often because we don't want them to become a doormat. So we want to look at overused styles Mm -hmm. and use them a little less sometimes. Yeah, and I have been a doormat. I'm going to be, I have, I'll admit it. Yeah, Marie wants to say something. Go ahead, Marie. Okay, Marie. I just just want to say that when somebody says something like that, no one, I don't believe, would think that that was not rude. So you have to think, why would she say that to you? Mm -hmm. And it might have been out of frustration or a bad day or something like that. but Mm -hmm. But is she trying to communicate exactly what she said is she just frustrated or i mean what would you say back to something like that or a comment like that you mean the like a thousand times a thousand comment times. uh-huh like i mean does she mean does she mean that yes about the thousand times i've heard it a thousand times <laughs> <laughs> like that's such could a be not <laughs> rude thing to say <laughs> yeah, that's, well, I don't know. I've said some things like that to friends, really close friends, and I think they know that what I mean, Marie, is that we're both like that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to criticize myself, and I end up also criticizing them, and that's when I get, in, that's when I'm in trouble because now I was being self-critical because they're almost like, you know, a really dear friend you've been on the planet with for a long time. It's almost like you're in this together. So I'm trying to be charitable here to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, they see you as very strong, Bernadette, and you are. Yeah. So well, when we I... perceive people as very strong, 
then we're a little less filtered. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, 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 and like I said, but you don't want a bunch of yes people around you, whether it be your friends or business uh, associates, whatever. You do want to hear the truth. And so, you know, I'm all for growing and learning, but you also, as you said, don't want to be a doormat. There was something that popped into my mind and then it went right back out again. But, you know, uh, gosh, you'll, I said this at the beginning, you'll have to come back because we did not get to a lot of stuff that I feel is so important in talking about, you know, Communicate with Courage, which is the title of your book, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. Challenges, And we did not get to the last, uh, we did not get to the last uh, uh, hidden challenge, which is uh, to uh, settling, um, stopping it uh, be uh, good enough instead of striving toward better interaction. So how can we best do that, Michelle, to wrap this up? Sure. we got about a minute. You got it. It's going to require some energy, and we're going to align with our values, and we're not going to try to strive all the time. We make thousands of decisions a day many of them about written and verbal communication. We're not going to try to be our A++ self as a communicator, but we're going to take a few things that really matter to us. Maybe it's not letting someone else define us. Maybe it's not shying away from feedback. Maybe it's not assuming that the people we love know we love them Mm. or the people who we're mad at that we're mad at them. And then we're going to get in the game as communicators a little more often so we're not just satisfying, just doing enough to get by. So look at your values and think about your legacy Mm. and start building it. I would love to work with you. I'm serious. I would love to work with you. I can't wait to have you. No, I'm serious. I may fly to Illinois and just, you know, I've always wanted to do a TED Talk on mental illness. We can talk about that uh, the next time that uh, I have grew up with a brother that was severely mentally ill. And I think there's so much judgment and just stigma in this world. It is so painful for the families that deal with it. But anyway, I've got to wrap this up. I love you, girl. Thank you so much for jumping on the air with us today. Love your book. Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Our pleasure. Everyone, Michelle Gladio, she is the author of the book, Communicate with Courage, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. I encourage you to get a copy. Okay, you get one body, you get get one mind, and you get one life. Get a book. (laughs) 